Hey, welcome back. I'm Lindsay. <laughs> I'm Dana. <laughs> I was thinking back to the episode. I forgot my name. <laughs> I'm who am I? <laughs> What's my brain? Anyway, that's our names. And this is Tipsy Trials. Thanks for joining us. Uh, see you next time. That's it. <laughs> you know, someone brought up to me last week the episode where you tried to close out before we rated oh it. God. I'm never going to live that down. What the hell was she thinking? She was done. This is what happens sometimes when you record multiple episodes. You just you can't even look. think anymore. And I've already got the brain fog again this week. She's back. Yeah. It's been... It's not, uh, it's not looking good. You're going to have to keep me on track over here. We think we know the culprit, but it's private, so sorry. And hopefully short-lived, so it we'll see. <laughs> anyway. i every episode. All right, so I have... Not really a correction, but something to add from our Hanukkah episode. Okay. Um, When I was listening back and editing, I was paying attention to the chocolate coins part. And something told me I should do. Okay. okay. I'm making this claim and I could be completely wrong. Maybe they do have some sort of significance in the Christian religion as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apparently, they claim to. I don't know how true it is, though. There's, Mm. like, no source that tells me it is. But some people apparently claim that the chocolate coins exist because it counts as one of the gifts brought to Jesus or something. Oh, because they brought him, like, gold. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense. Yeah. I think that was just Christians that wanted to find a way. Yeah. (laughs) Chocolate coins. They're like, oh, gold coins. That's, like... Yeah, that. and it was yeah. But I was just like, let me just Google this. So I mean, if you are someone who's gotten chocolate coins your entire child, which I don't think so though, because I don't remember them always being on the Christmas candy aisle until I got older. Mm-mm. I I honestly don't know if I ever got them. I remember getting candy coal once, which is obviously a Christmas yeah. thing. But if I got them, I didn't think anything of it and that's where i'm like i i have to assume that maybe they somehow made their way to that aisle Mm -hmm. and someone was trying to be like what's why this right oh it must represent which is a i get it that's a great way to tie it yeah i don't blame you for it i don't think that's why they started though (laughs) yeah it's like well and so my parents you know we obviously have already celebrated hanukkah you're hearing this. It's been weeks since on. It's been like two weeks since Hanukkah ended now. But we celebrated, like I said, in the Hanukkah episode at Thanksgiving. And my parents got me and my sister in our dreidel bags, which I don't have one because I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get a gift bag with stuff. <laughs> um, gout, chocolate gout. And I told my parents the same thing. I go, hey, I was having this conversation with someone and they never knew that that's why it existed this time of year. Mm-hmm. And um, we started looking at the packaging to be like, oh, well, it must be American made. No, even the ones that are all the same size, regardless aisle, made in Israel. Yep. That right there is how I know. It is something I still think it's. It was created. Hanukkah. I, yeah, just moved over to the 
holiday candy aisle. Let's right. the holiday candy aisle. Yeah. And they're like, how can we make this relevant? <laughs> I think, yeah. Someone probably picked it up one day. And I now in hindsight, I wish I had looked a little deeper on when those articles were written. But it was just like I read it and I was like, but now that yeah. I'm saying it out loud and thinking about it, I'm like, does it low? Right. Because like, was it? I I don't know. I'm I'm honestly so uneducated when it comes to religion. But it's like, were there even like coins like that? Like, is that or no, was it? I would have thought it's like bars, right? Old or like not jewelry, but like there was like I don't know. What are they like? Not pots, but little like cups and stuff. Oh no, like it's even like, like cartoons. <laughs> no, like the like the genie lamp. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Either way, I just I was thinking about it. I did some googling, and I was like, you know what? I want to make sure to at least talk about this because if you're one of those people that has always gotten chocolate coins for Christmas, not Hanukkah, Mm -hmm. and this is what your parents told you the significance is, great. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I've always grown up with them not being for Christmas, Mm -hmm. but being out for Hanukkah. So. We all learned a little something. Hooray for all of us. Let's move on. Yay. So we, as promised, we're going to keep going with these holiday packs. We are going to warn you all, we're bumping one up a week because the one that will be next week, we cannot find anywhere. And we're so frustrated. (laughs) But... My lovely parents found it, so they're going to bring it to us. But in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and one up, and Dana's going to tell us about it. Yes, so we are doing the Bud Light Ugly Sweater Pack. Um, They did this last year, I guess. Lindsay had it. Mm-hmm. I did not have it. Um, Flavors are Yeah, so that's exciting. Only except for one of them. Oh. Okay. Well, <laughs> that makes sense. So the flavors are... Cranberry, sugar plum, cherry cordial, and seltzer nog. So definitely some unique flavors. The seltzer nog is getting a lot of attention, not necessarily in a review sense, but in the fact that someone came out with the seltzer eggnog. Right. (laughs) Which is so, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to expect for that one, but, and cherry cordial. I love the chocolate covered yeah. cherries. At- we just had really good luck with the chocolate seltzer, so mm-hmm. no pressure, Bud Light. We'll see. I don't know, but I'll read the descriptions for each. Uh, cranberry, a sweater weather classic and permanent offering. Our sweet and delicious cranberry is back for round two in the ugly sweater pack. Is that a permanent offering? Is it in their regular packs, too? I can't remember. I don't seeing it. I don't think so. It sounded more like maybe one that they're going to keep in the ugly sweater pack. Okay. But I haven't seen it in any, any other pack, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Sugar Plum is a crown jewel of the holiday season. Sugar Plum brings sweet mixed berry, cranberry, and plum flavors to this must-have seltzer. Cherry Cordial. My question. Oh, whoops. Answer. <laughs> okay, go on. Um, cherry and chocolate. Yes, chocolate. Flavors come together in this seltzer for a sweetness flavor balanced by a cherry flavor for a sweet surprise. Okay. And then Seltzer Nog, the OG holiday drink, just got a seltzer update. Seltzer Nog has the sweet cinnamon and vanilla flavors that you love from a classic eggnog, but with the bubbliness of a seltzer. Love that. All right. So Bud Light 
I'm just going to tell you, seltzer nogs is stupid. <laughs> there is no need for that. Just call it eggnog. Right. Like, it's not no, very creative. You know, like, seltzer nog. That's the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Well, and because they gave the other ones such basic right. names, it's like, if you were going for some sort of theming, why didn't you give them all weird names? Right. I don't know. Seltzer it's weird. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, either way. Let's let's just dig it. I am a little, well, we'll talk about them as we come, but obviously we've been going in order to continue that trend. Yes. So we're starting with cranberry, which again, I've had it last year. I don't remember it. Um, we've had some really good luck with cranberry, though. Dana was obsessed with the true white claw. Really? I, can, I could smell it as soon as I opened it, so. I was just feeling a little stuffy. I don't know why. It was fine earlier, but all right. <laughs> mm, I like the White Claw scent of the cranberry a little. Now I can't remember. I'd have to compare them side by side. There's something telling me I enjoyed the White Claw more. I could be wrong, maybe. No, this one has. I can't quite describe it. Hmm. I don't know. We just ate cranberries like two weeks ago, and I can't tell you what the I feel like cranberry can... for Christmas. Is that a Christmas too? Mm. I guess if you're having turkey with Christmas stuff. Yeah. Still, most people do ham that night. Yes. And a lot of people don't even do an actual meal. It's just like appetizers. Oh. Mm-hmm. Just I'm like finger food. That. All right. Interesting. I think that's like, it's a little less traditional than Thanksgiving. Like every family just kind of does their own thing. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. I mean... There may be something in the Bible about it. I don't know. <laughs> don't quiz me on it. Y'all's guess is good as ours. Yeah. Oh. Cheers this time. Okay. Cheers. <laughs> I like the white claw board. This one's fine. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with it by any means. It has that. You know what? I can't help but think this is more of a me thing than them. Mm-hmm. It had that beer taste at the very front that we only experienced for fall flannel on the very first flavor that we mm-hmm. tried. We had it on the um, the Natty Lights, too. The Sours. That's right, but only yeah. on the first one. Right. It was on I the lemon. something mentally. I, don't, I didn't get the beer with this one, but it does have kind of like that strong alcohol taste. But maybe that's what I'm tasting. Let me try again. Because I think I do remember now the White Claw was more like a true cranberry. And this is like. I get what you're saying. Um, It's just not as smooth going down, I think. No, I don't hate it. Like, I could definitely drink it. Mm -hmm. I remember last year, similar to the fall flannel, the apple crisp was the highlight of. Am I remembering that right? Apple crisp was in last year's fall flannel, I think. Making, yeah, because you fall told flannel for um, ugly sweaters. Yes, apple crisp, cranberry, ginger snap, and uh, peppermint patty. Okay. Well, yeah, because you told me you'd had the apple crisp before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's definitely cranberry. It's just I don't know something's off. This one might be one that I go back later. Update those scores, girl. We'll see how the others go. But um, 
Dana kind of already answered my question, but earlier I was at Starbucks and I was staring at the sugar plum Dana. <laughs> I'm like, what is a sugar plum anyway? Yeah. <laughs> That's well, yeah. After you were like, you just answered my question. I'm like, I bet you were gonna ask, what is well, a sugar plum? I don't know that I've ever tried anything sugar plum. I'm sure I, I, that have I have either. I'm sure I have had to had to at some point. That was a lot of had to. <laughs> but I like I truly can't remember. Mm-hmm. So this one's gonna be interesting. I guess accuracy of taste will be. Uh, it's like, gonna be a hard one. We think a sugar plum should taste like. Oh, this one's nice and cold. That's our season. Well, let's let's see the description again. Sweet mixed berry, cranberry, and plum. So I guess we can base it off of that. Little snowman. Look, look at the snowman on the. That's cute. Oh my gosh, that is cute. They actually did a lot nicer on the cans this year than I remember. Ooh, smell is. It's light, but. Oh, it gets really sweet toward, like a little too sweet. Okay, I can still see a candle of that. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't love it the way I love some of the others, but I wouldn't be mad at it either. I guess if it has sugar in the name. <laughs> it's it's uh, this is probably gonna be the sweetest one. That's fair enough. Maybe. All right, so let's cheers. <laughs> <laughs> cheers. <laughs> That's what a sugar plum tastes like. I don't want one. That's odd. I don't like it. It's not the worst thing, though. Like, no, it's not. That holiday punch last week. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, this, this is way better like than that. that. But it's just an odd mix of flavor. I just feel like they don't go together. You know what's funny, though? I think that is what a sugar plum is supposed to taste like. Like, I think they nailed it. Well, and now we got to try the Danish at, um, Right. We're clearly not sugar plum experts. We have no freaking idea what we're doing. <laughs> we just drink. Like, I don't know if it's accurate or not. Well, you just gotta <laughs> do it based off what you think it should taste like. Right. Is that what you were expecting? I guess. <laughs> so beady. It's very odd. All right. So today's topic, similar to kind of what we did with Hanukkah, we're not going to tell the story of Christmas because most of you probably know it. I actually, well, I guess that. Well, it doesn't matter. I can't tell you the story. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but we are going to share some facts. Dana did some homework and she found an insanely long list of facts. But they are some of the most interesting things I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, most of these I've never even heard. Maybe no. all of them. They're just, they were too good for us to not share. It's from the website Best Life. This was published last year. I'm looking at the date, but mm-hmm. who cares? So we are actually going to do something different. We are going to make this a two-parter. A two-parter. Um, not with seltzers, obviously. We'll drink something different next time. Right. But there's so many facts, and a lot of them have story behind it that we don't want to make you all listen to us. All, I mean, we do, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you a break. <laughs> we need a break. So we're going to read the first half of the list. And then next week, we'll finish off the list. Mm-hmm. If you want to cheat and go ahead and find them yourself, go ahead. 
but that's not fun. Right. Where's the fun in that? <laughs> Let us, us to tell you because we'll read the stories way better. <laughs> I'll use my nice voice. <laughs> Your audiobook voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. All right. You want to start or you want me to start? Um, I'll start. Okay. So, number one, Jingle Bells was the first song ever played in space. That's so cool. So, let's see. The crew of NASA's Gemini 6A space flight got into the Christmas spirit and made history when they played Jingle Bells on December 16th, 1965, earning the Jolly Jingle, the uh, Guinness World Record for the being the first <laughs> song ever played in space. Well, as far as we know, at least. Um, What's yeah. funny is I don't always consider, I don't consider Jingle Bells a Christmas song. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's a when you read song. number two. Well, yeah, I don't all that. <laughs> but I've always considered it a winter song because it really doesn't talk, besides bells like that, there's nothing specifically Christmas about it. Yeah, I don't think they mention anything about mm-hmm. Christmas. I've always considered it a winter song. Yeah. Number two, it was originally a Thanksgiving song. Which I did not know. <laughs> no, me neither. Jingle Bells may be one of the most well-known Christmas songs, Thanksgiving songs, but it was originally composed as the Thanksgiving tune, which clearly explains why it's never felt very Christmassy. Right. Written by Unitarian Church organist James Lord Pierpoint. Pierpont, I'm sorry, there's no I there. <laughs> In the 1850s in Savannah, Georgia, the song was first performed during a Thanksgiving concert at his church. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, the tradition of hanging stockings comes from a legend about marriage. Huh. Had no idea. Uh, all right. This is kind of long. Let's see. Have you ever wondered why we hang up stockings, which are basically fancy socks during the holiday season, only to wake up on Christmas morning to find them filled with tiny gifts? According to the Smithsonian, one of the most popular legends about the tradition's origins is the tale of a poor widower who worried that he wouldn't be able to marry off his three daughters because of his lack of wealth. Interesting. Fortunately, Smithsonian explains, St. Nicholas was wandering through the town where the man lived and heard villagers discussing that family's plight. He wanted to help but knew the man would refuse any kind of charity directly. Instead, one night... He slid down the chimney of the family's house and filled the girls' recently laundered stockings, which happened to be drying by the fire with gold coins. Oh. 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 He didn't say chocolate coins. (laughs) Right. Then he disappeared. In the morning, the family found the gifts and the daughters became eligible to wed. T'was a Christmas miracle. Oh, because they had money now. Right. I was like, wait, why did they still come out such a wool wed? (laughs) Wow. I d- these are wild. Who knew these things? So maybe the gold coins are relevant, just not to the actual story so Google, of Christmas. Yeah, but Google tried to say it was Jesus. Right. Which I had never heard that. I'm yeah. like, that's Jesus Herman Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's his name. <laughs> Wait, no, have you seen the video of it's like, um, what's Jesus's middle name? And the person's like, Howard. And it's like, <laughs> how do you know that? And it's like the Lord's Prayer, whatever it says. Um, oh, gosh. I know what you're talking about. But Something that's like, the rest. How, 
Howard Be Thy Name or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Dana and I decided a few weeks ago that it's Herman mm-hmm. because we want to. Right. <laughs> we are sorry we're offending anyone, but you got to laugh at life. Yes, yes. That's anyway. what we're here for. So the NORAD Santa Tracker was created due to a child's misunderstanding. Oh, my gosh. These are so interesting. Yeah. The North American Aerospace Defense Command, or NORAD, has been tracking Santa's journey around the world since 1958. According to their website, the innovation was set into motion in 1955 when a young child accidentally dialed the unlisted phone number of the Continental Air Defense Command, CONAD, Mm. I almost said something else, (laughs) Operations Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado, believing she was calling Santa Claus after seeing a promotion in a local newspaper. Why? (laughs) The commander on duty, Colonel Harry Shoup, saw an opportunity to create a little Christmas magic and assured the youngster that Conad would guarantee Santa a safe journey from the North Pole sparking the idea to track Santa's travels each year to the delight of children all over the world. That's cute. I feel like eventually it would have been created anyway. Yeah. But I kind of like this tale of how they got there. It wasn't just someone one day saying, let's create a Santa tracker. Mm -hmm. It literally came from someone trying to track Santa. Yeah. That's adorable. Yeah, much better. All right, if you gave all the gifts listed in the 12 days of Christmas, it would equal 364 presents. That's crazy. You think you could give a present every day for a year except for one. Right. Yeah, I mean, That's if you know insane. the song, you don't, we don't really have to read the story yeah, behind it. Get but that. Yeah, that. That, that was interesting. <laughs> in the Ukraine, spiders are considered symbols of good luck at Christmas. Oh, hell no. See, I'm not going to be scared of Mm. When you think about Christmas creatures, reindeer and polar bears probably jump to mind. I don't think about No, just winter. (laughs) (laughs) But what about spiders? In the Ukraine, families often add spiderweb ornaments to their trees as a nod to a lovely seasonal story, which we're not going to tell because I don't want to click it, (laughs) about the critters once using their silky string to decorate the tree of a poor widow and her children. See, spiders aren't so bad. Now snakes. (laughs) Different story. I don't want a snake in the tree either. Um, Santa has a postal code in Canada. Huh. If you're in Canada and want to become pen pals with Santa Claus, you can send him a letter via the Canada Post mail system. The address, Santa Claus, North Pole, H-O-H-O-H-O, Canada. (laughs) And don't be surprised when you get a letter back. He has some helpers who help keep up with his correspondence. Wait, 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 (laughs) wait. What? So does that mean zip codes in Canada? Or letters? I think they normally are. I want to say it's just letters or a mixture of letters and numbers. Oh, I'm sure I've seen Canadian addresses and I'm just not thinking. Um, Hold on, I'm going to Google real quick. Yeah, it's it's mixed, uh, hmm. a mixture of letters and numbers. So Hulu has a documentary out right now, which I have not watched yet, but because I'm not bougie and I don't get commercials, I know about it. <laughs> Where it's about, and they talk about this on 30 Rock. It's a weird reference, but okay. 30 Rock, 
the Letters to Santa program, where less fortunate children, basically, they intercept the letters and you can get one of the letters and Mm -hmm. send those presents from Santa to this family. It's like adopting a family. It'd be the same way Angel Tree is. But there's this, I was going to say survey, documentary out about it right now and i keep meaning to watch it but i almost want to wait till closer to the season mm-hmm. i might be jewish but i freaking love christmas movies yeah not hallmark but others <laughs> <laughs> you've seen one hallmark you've seen them all so that's interesting though does do the letters go th- not specifically the documentary but do those letters like go through certain organizations for well, less fortunate through the post office i don't know how they yeah, I'm just asking how they identify. I, I don't know. I haven't or watched the just... yet. <laughs> oh, you have to report back when you watch it. <laughs> so there's a Christmas tree in Spain worth $15 million. Oh, why? That's crazy. <laughs> Most of us have Christmas decorations that we hold dear for sentimental reasons, but the ornaments that adorn the Christmas tree at the, oh my God, <laughs> Kempinski? Hotel Bahia, Bahia, near Marbella, near Marbella, Spain, excuse me, have a different type of value. According to CNN, the tree is festooned with right, red, <laughs> Hello? white, pink, and black diamonds. I think I was combining red and white. As well as jewelry from, oh God, I'm going to mess up one of these names. As well as jewelry from big designers. Yeah, I don't know this either. I like I know how to pronounce them, but I also don't want to mess it up and look stupid because you know I never look here. <laughs> well, I don't own jewelry from any of these places, and probably never will, so I won't judge you. <laughs> right? Places. No, I have not jewelry. That's not true. And just for good measure, you'll also find three D printed chocolate peacocks. Pe- why why'd you emphasize cock so much <laughs> i was laughing because i can read feathers and ostriches that's one word i was going to say fostrich Jesus. feathers ostrich eggs and bottles of perfume why bottles of perfume on the tree which is worth a whopping 15 million wow well he printed chocolate peacocks what I don't what? understand. Why are they 3D printed? I guess so they don't have to replace them? I don't know. I mean, is someone eating these? Wait, is a chocolate peacock like a type of peacock? And we're just not familiar. Hold on. Let me look. Uh, No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, then. Weird. Next. <laughs> The Christmas tree pickle is a tradition to keep eager kids calm on Christmas morning. I didn't know that. Well, try it this year. Mm, maybe. I always thought it was a little weird, but more people do it than I realized. I did, I did literally did not know it was a thing until I. Yeah, like my family never did it. But then, like when I got to like middle school and high school, other people would talk about it. I'm like, what the fuck are y'all talking about a pickle on Christmas? Like. <laughs> I was even looking at new ornaments this year, and some of the ornament packs come with, like, a pickle in it. I'm like... I've never heard of this in my entire life. It's so strange. You, it, you like, hide it in the tree, and it's... I don't know. Um. Oh, I'll read the story, I guess. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> Told you. I'm I'm not fully here. Yeah, it's okay. Um, according to today, the Christmas pickle is more than just a common ornament. It's a tradition. As the quirky tradition goes, the first child to find the glass pickle hidden in the tree on Christmas morning either wins a prize or the privilege of opening the first gift. The goal? To keep the kids from rushing through the process of opening presents and instead take the time to enjoy each one. You know what? If you have more than one child, I totally get that. Yeah, I think it would be worth it. Yeah. But if you have one kid, who the hell cares? But then I see them like rummaging through the tree yeah that's true i would think you no i i don't think that would matter i was gonna say i think you would place it where it's easily found mm. but no they would still rummage the heat deeper right hmm. i don't know i've never heard of this tradition it's really interesting to me if you or your family you or your family if your family does this let us know that's i've never heard of this rudolph the red-nosed reindeer <laughs> That's hard to read without second. <laughs> was originally created as an advertising gimmick. I feel like that's not that surprising. No, it's like most American Christmas tradition. Yeah, I mean, wasn't. <laughs> what was I going to say? Polar bears. I was going to go back to polar bears. Polar bears. Are polar bears fake too? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not stupid. I know polar bears exist, guys. <laughs> They're at the zoo. She's gotten got too deep into conspiracy talk. <laughs> and other places. Okay. Rudolph the Red... I can't. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer has been a popular holiday character for some time now, and one that many recognize from the beloved 1964 TV movie of the same name. However, according, according to the Smithsonian Insider... He first appeared in 1939 when Montgomery Ward Department Store asked one of its copywriters, 34-year-old Robert L. May, to create <laughs> what do you think the L stands for? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> to create a Christmas story the store could give away to shoppers as a promotional gimmick. Oh, I love that. And thus Rudolph was born, with Montgomery Ward distributing 2.4 million copies of the story in the first year of its publication. Wow. I like that, because that's a different advertising gimmick than I was mm -hmm. expecting. It's still... No, I like that. Okay. Yeah. I had no idea. I, I mean, I always wondered where it came from, but... I don't I, I honestly never thought about it. <laughs> never crossed <laughs> my mind. Um, eggnog dates back to medieval times. Eggnog, not seltzer nog. Yeah. Eggnog is a signature beverage of the holiday season and one that has a history dating all the way back to medieval times and a drink called posset mm. made with sweetened and spiced milk curdled with ale or wine and served hot. Oh. <laughs> we were just talking about earlier, is it normally served hot or cold? I, I don't know. I think cold. I thought cold, too. According to Healthline, monks in the 13th century enjoyed this mixture with the addition of eggs and figs. Hmm. Can monks have alcohol? <laughs> in the 13th century, apparently. Dang. Who knew? I don't know about now, but back then. All right. Hmm. Cool. Tinsel was once made of real silver. I don't know that that's that. Well, all right. Throwing some tinsel on your Christmas tree is a quick and inexpensive way to jazz up your holiday decor, and has been for years. However, it used to be a much pricier adornment. According to the BBC, tinsel has its origins in the early 1600s in Nur Nuremberg, Germany, 
where people used thin strands of real silver in their trees to reflect candlelight as they used to put real candles in their tree. Oh, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> I was like, that's a fire hazard. <laughs> and since silver was expensive, being able to use tinsel in your tree was something of a status symbol. Okay. Hmm. Wow. This is so interesting. Yeah. Um. Oh, let's pause here. Oh, right. The next we're... two go together. So we're going to take our quick break. <laughs> We're going to take our quick break, refill. You know, we got to grab that seltzer nog. Oh, yes. It's waiting for us. I just can't. Anyway, <laughs> we'll be right back. Bye. And we are back. Hey. So we have gotten our last two seltzers. Maybe the best. Maybe the worst. I don't know. History tells us the best. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> Seltzer Nog tells us not. Uh, no, we're going to find out. Uh, I, you know, I have one thought about Cherry Cordial, and it's that it can go one of two ways. It can be really delicious, or it's going to taste like medicine. Yeah, the cherry part is a little scary. I think we've had the cherry flavor conversation in the past. Mm -hmm. it, um, yeah, it's it's really hit or miss. But Have we had a cherry seltzer? Black cherry, but that's not the same. Yeah, what was it? We got stuck on a conversation about artificial tastes and medicine. I mean, we were just talking in general about peach, banana. So maybe it came up then. I think I said something like, I really like the artificial taste of cherry. So I think it was just uh, talking about it. But I don't think we... I had, like, like the taste of great medicine. Cherry medicine usually is very medicinal. Mm. Like, scarily so. Yeah. Especially the, like adult ones the kids ones aren't as bad yeah so let's find out we're gonna start with all right what because obviously we have to save salts or not for last oh wow you smell cherry or chocolate both it smells exactly oh my like goodness that's crazy <laughs> so interesting well, we've learned from last week that chocolate can be replicated accurately in a seltzer. Yes. Which I never thought was possible. Yeah. I'm very surprised by that. Once again, no pressure, but like. But man, that smell is spot on. I love it. Like if you put this in front of me, like the last one, blindfolded, you would think. I would think it's a chocolate covered cherry. God, I love it. That's crazy. I kind of forgot how much I loved the smell of Cherry mm -hmm. Cordial until this moment. I really like this. I haven't given it a five in a long time, and I I don't think today will be the day. But I was just thinking about this is pretty close. All right. I want to try it. Cheers. Uh, it has the medicinal. It's not it. bad. I love it. The aftertaste is really nice. The aftertaste actually lingers really well with the cherry and the um, chocolate. But that initial, it may, you know what? It might be me in my head again. Here, let me take another sip. No, I'm obsessed. I get the medicinal right off the top, mm -hmm. but it fades almost just as fast. Yeah, the aftertaste is almost like a dark chocolate. Yeah. I after, you know, people talk about aftertaste. In such a negative light, mm -hmm. this one is actually been not like I'm still tasting it and I'm really enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, no, this is great. 
Ooh, Bud Light. Pro tip, make the chocolate-covered orange next year. Oh, my gosh. And please. I will be your best friend. That's my favorite. I haven't had one of those in so long, too. I eat them every year for Christmas. I've got to find one this year. Oh, my gosh. I was about to say the microphone. <laughs> I don't know where that happened. Mm. No, I was thinking to myself, I might have to update my cranberry for some reason. I was going to sniff it. I leaned as if the microphone. <laughs> wow. Man, I'm so surprised at how they got this flavor right. It could be a bit sweeter for the cherry part. I will agree about that. But It's just when you first take a sip. It has a quick moment of medicinalness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's so quick that... If you like cherry cordials, you'll really, really, really enjoy this drink. Yeah. If you don't, which I think it's one of those very polarizing things. Yeah. You're going to hate this. You're going to love it or hate it. the thing in the world. Right. All right. Wow. Time for the big finale. Oh, goodness. Not nervous even a little. I am anxious. I haven't had eggnog in a very long time. Like, years. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to honestly give it an accuracy Mm. review. No. I think that... I think it smells right, but I don't think it's something I enjoy. I feel like the egg and the The milk milk is hard to replicate without actually having that. I guess that's fair. I, I, it doesn't smell right. No, it's, um, I'm actually struggling to write it. I, I smell cinnamon. That's it. I, oh, now I do. That's one of those things that like someone points out to you a smell and you're like, oh, yeah, I do notice it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This one might be a miss, but let's find out. Cheers. Oh, that's actually really good. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm a little surprised. Wow. The taste is way better than the smell. Yeah, this is weird. There's a very particular plastic taste that I've experienced before. I don't hate it. it it's actually quite describe. It reminds me of plastic, but it's not plastic. I know what you mean. Yeah. I almost want to say maybe it's like what a Barbie smells like. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Barbie. I w- this is I'm shocked. Yeah, wow. I'm shocked. All right, this is gonna be. I mean, the I don't toughest think they one we've got had in a while. Exactly right, but I think they probably I got as close, like the real eggnog. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't why. love eggnog in general. I think eggnog's like cherry cordial. It's very polarizing. Mm-hmm. People either love it or they hate it. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it. Yeah. This I like. Like, I could drink this for a while. Yeah. A surprise. It is very good. Um, um, Eggnog is not something I will typically buy for our house. But if we go to, like, a party or something or to see family and they have it, I'll have a glass. So I guess I'm kind of in the middle. 
This is going to be an interesting one. Once again, the second half well outweighed the first. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I Honestly, looking at my paper, all my scores are somewhat close together. I think the smell of this one might be what pulls it down. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I'm sniffing it again. I'm smelling the taste, and now I'm okay with it. Oh, man. All right. Let's keep going with our facts because this one's going to require some serious mulling. (laughs) I think. Yes, you're up. Okay. Americans expect to spend around $850 on Christmas gifts each year. That doesn't sound like that much money. No, I was honestly thinking it was low. Um, In 2020, U.S. consumers on average expected to spend $805 on gifts this holiday season, which obviously was last year. Well, 2020 um, is an exception. There were a lot more unemployment, obviously, because of the pandemic. Right. People were trying to save money. I mean, we ourselves, I was talking about this earlier with someone. I didn't struggle in 2020, but I definitely noticed the difference in my funds. Yeah, absolutely. Which, I mean, it kind of evened out with us not really being able to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So you weren't spending as much money, but there also we're wasn't as much, as much money available. Right. Um, I'd be curious to see that number in other years. Mm-hmm. Me too. But ironically enough, number 14 says, but they actually end up spending nearly 1500 on presents. Mm. That sounds more accurate. Yes, agreed. Especially when you have kids. Despite intent to stick to a Christmas budget that's under 1000 most Americans tend to go a little overboard. In an October 2019 study, Deloitte found that the U.S. consumers spend around 14096 during the giving season. I think that makes way more sense, especially if you are like a full, full-blown, you know, the wife, husband, mm-hmm. two and a half kids, white picket fence, all that crap. Right. Because, and you and I have talked about this, it's not just buying, like, for me, it's my sister, my mom, my dad, maybe a few of my closest friends, maybe a significant other if I'm dating someone at the time. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it just doesn't pile up. There might be a light gift for an aunt or uncle, but it's nothing crazy. Right. Um, Or a grandparent. For you, it, <laughs> husband, Lucas... The dogs. Mm -hmm. But then on top of it, it's here's this member of his family. Here's Noah's mom. Here's Noah's dad. Here's Noah's brother. Here's Noah's sister. And then it's you. Here's my parents. Here's my brother. Here's my... Mm -hmm. I know you're close with your aunt. I mean, it all all comes together. It's a lot more people. So it's really interesting to hear that number. Yeah, and I think, too, which I'm not sure if this is included in that number, but... For me, like I'll set, you know, a limit like, oh, I'm I'm not going to spend more than $40 on like an adult gift. Well, then you buy the $40 gift. Then you got to get the gift bag, which is like another $5. Mm-hmm. Then you got to buy, you know, wrapping paper for other stuff like tissue paper. And then the stocking stuffers, that stuff adds up. Luckily with Noah's family, we do like a gift exchange. So you're not buying something for every person in the family. But like the actual packaging adds up right (laughs) so right and i mean a lot of families you know they'll do the christmas list where you just keep a consistent list going and Mm -hmm. you know 
no offense to anybody, but some people don't think that through. Right. And they only put pretty high price items. You got to you got to even it out. It's the same like if you're going to a wedding. The wedding registry is not mm-hmm. a ton of $1000 items. Right. It's some super cheap stuff anyone can afford. But then it's some expensive stuff that you're kind of expecting the family to get them. Mm-hmm. Um that's interesting. Yep. That makes sense though. The the second part of that. Um, all right. The Statue of Liberty is the largest Christmas gift ever given. I think maybe I knew this. I didn't know it was a Christmas gift. I knew it was a gift. I didn't know it was a Christmas gift. Yeah. I want to say, like, I had heard that before. Um, standing over 150 feet tall and weighing at 225 tons, the Statue of Liberty is an impressive figure. And since it was considered a holiday gift, when it was given to the U.S. by France in 1886, mm-hmm. it's officially the largest Christmas present in the world. Sounds like it's the largest holiday present. Yeah. I that's think because hairs again. when we did like a New York City tour in high school, we like learned all about it. But it's been so much, so long since that happened that I was like, I feel like I subconsciously knew. But- um, I was going to make the joke. When we said how tall and how much she weighs, so we'll say, oh, so she weighs less than me. (laughs) (laughs) And I caught myself. (laughs) I do not weigh 225 tons, people. But so rude to just be, you know, like blasting her weight all over the (laughs) internet like that. You didn't ask a lady that. (laughs) Anyways. Oh, okay. Thomas Edison and his business partner invented Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. That's not that shocking. He invited the light, right? Light bulb. I mean, if I did that, I'd be like, all right, I'm done at this point. I did my that life's work. <laughs> We're going to read it. But before I read it, right away, I'm assuming because he created the light bulb. Right. People are like, and he turned it on at Christmas. Christmas lights. <laughs> praise thomas edison all right let's actually read it thomas edison has gone down in history as one of america's greatest inventors we can thank him for the light bulb which is the christmas life yeah just a smaller version (laughs) photograph and even the movie camera but did you know he is also partially responsible along with his friend edward h johnson (gasps) herman herman For inventing Christmas lights? According to the Library of Congress, Edison created the first strand of electric lights in 1880. Wow, that doesn't seem that long ago. No, it really doesn't. (laughs) Which he hung outside his laboratory in Menlo Park, New Jersey, during Christmas time that year. However, it was Johnson. Sorry, I'm still like, he turned on the lights. (laughs) However, it was Johnson, his partner at Edison Illumination Company, who in 1882 became the first to wrap a strand of hand-wired red, white, and blue bulbs around a Christmas tree. And the rest, as they say, is history. Well, thank goodness they got him off the candles because that's just fire waiting to happen. <laughs> that's really interesting, though, altogether. Um, this first strand of electric. <laughs> I'm like two light bulbs on it. <laughs> How are they powering it back then? I don't know. I don't think I know how they powered the first light bulb. I don't know how it works now. (laughs) 
<laughs> Anyways, that's an episode for another day. <laughs> Let's keep going. The first tree at Rockefeller Center was an unadorned tree from construction workers. The first Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center in New York City went up in 1931. However, it was hardly the big spectacle it is today. Instead, it was a 20-foot tree with no ornaments that was set up by construction workers who were laboring at the center's construction site. A second tree went up two years later, this time a 50-footer with lights, sparking the annual tradition. I'm sorry, so it was, it was a tree. <laughs> right. And some, like, 20 feet, that's not that tall. How tall is it today, though? Um, I. It's big. It says a Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. The second tree was a 50-footer. Oh, wait, we're about to learn. No, we're not. I lied. Um, let's see. <laughs> the next one is about the Rockefeller tree, but it does not tell us the current height. I'm looking. I clicked the link. All right, well, let me read the second one then. Okay. Today, the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree features more than 25,000 lights. Wow. Invented by Thomas Edison. Yes. Today, if you visit Rockefeller Center during the Christmas season, you'll surely be blown away by the sight of the sparkling tree. The towering tree is decorated each year with over 25,000 lights, according to time. Can you imagine checking every bulb to see if it works? Oh, no. Mm -mm. Even I know that shit. I don't want that job. <laughs> so how big is the tree, though? So it looks like it varies, but it's anywhere between 70 and 90. Five feet tall <laughs> compared to the 20 foot tree. Right. I'm still laughing. I'm like, well, they just saw a tree. And so they, put, a tree. Oh, they put up a Christmas tree. No, it sounds like it was just a tree, guys. Yeah, it looks like it just has gradually gotten bigger. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page from each year, and it's, yeah. The tallest one it looks like was in 2016, and it was 94 feet. Um, Noah and I were actually talking about this recently. Where the hell do they grow these trees at? And how do they have these big-ass trees available every year? Do they, like... That's a really good question. Because... There must be, like, a monster tree grower somewhere that's right. like, grows exclusively for, like, the White House tree. And this and... I don't know where they're... I'm sure there's one in Chicago. Well, but my thing was, think about how long it takes for the tree to get that tall. Like, that takes some planning. Yeah, that's years. I yeah. mean, that's not... I don't know. That's really interesting. Unfortunately, I don't think it's a fact. Well, maybe in our part two, we'll have some updates on that. If we remember to research. Anyway. um, The first Christmas card ever sent is worth almost $30,000. Y'all really be overvaluing shit. <laughs> On November 24th, 2001. 2001? Oh, a Christmas card. <laughs> I was like, that's the first Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> What's before that didn't count? A Christmas card was sold at an auction in Devizes, Wiltshire, UK, for 20,000 pounds or 28,000 $158, making it the most valuable Christmas card in the world. That's because it was considered the world's first Christmas card, according to Guinness World Records, which notes that it was sent by Sir Henry Cole, a Bath-born businessman, to his grandmother in 1843 and is hand-colored by the London illustrator John Calcutt 
worked hoarsely. The lithographed illustration depicts a multi-generational family enjoying a Christmas party, and there are only 12 of the original 1,000 cards still in existence. Oh, all right. I, I mean... Sure. Who just has this, like, disposable income to just be buying a $30,000 Christmas card? I don't know. Do you think they sent it to someone, or do you think they kept it? Oh, I think they kept it because people are weird like that. I was kind of hoping that it was $30,000 because there was $30,000 That's what I do it. <laughs> a $30,000 Best Buy gift card. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. So these days, over a billion and a half Christmas cards are sent each year in the U.S. These days, around 1.7. I feel like it's repeating. Right. Now. These days, around 1.6 billion people in the U.S. still manage to send out the old-fashioned greetings each year. According to data from Hallmark via The Atlantic, millennials represent nearly 20% of the dollars spent on greeting cards, and their spending is growing faster than any of the other generations. <gasps> A market we didn't kill! I'm surprised by that. Well, we killed every other market, so we're throwing people a bone by <laughs> right. keeping the greeting card. We're keeping the <laughs> we're keeping the uh, postal service. In You're business. welcome, Hallmark. Wow. Well, no, no one's keeping the postal service in business, right? That's true. That's a political. To they can barely get into. keep themselves. But in we are keeping Hallmark in business. So next time someone tells you that we are ruining. The diamond business, the toilet paper business. Everything. Everything we're ruining. You say, you didn't buy grading cards, bitch. <laughs> we represent 20% of the market. <laughs> but we're the, we're, wait, our spending is growing faster than, we're the fastest too. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's because we grew up with Christmas cards being such a massive thing that it just naturally makes sense. And you know what? I know a lot of people, single too, who go ahead and get the cards done. Yeah. So, yeah. Make I mean, fun. I'll say I think most of the Christmas cards we get in the mail are from millennials. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That does make mm. sense. All right. Interesting. I guess that's one tradition that just won't die. Um. Okay. It's my turn, right? The smallest Christmas card in the world is invisible to the human eye. Why? What's the point? Most Christmas cards are big enough for a seasonal illustration or photo, as well as space inside for a heartfelt message. But in 2010, nanotechnologists at the University of Glasgow created a teeny tiny Christmas card that could fit onto the surface of a postage stamp 8,276 times or onto a regular-sized Christmas card around a half a million times. I'm sorry. What? Why? <laughs> I don't understand. While the card is invisible to the human eye, Professor David Cumming discussed producing the microscopic greeting card with time, saying the process to manufacture the card only took 30 minutes. Okay. It was very straightforward to produce, as the process is highly repeatable. The design of the card took far longer than the production. It still doesn't answer why. The point. <laughs> Just to have the world record. That's I, why most I, people do stupid stuff like that. In this case, because it said it's nanotechnologists, I have to think it was just like they were one day, hey, let's create the smallest Christmas yeah. card. Just, the, I guess they, they thought it was 
you know what? As long as you're out there having fun, you do you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it, but, you know, do your thing. All right. Christmas Day boasts the lowest number of relationship breakups. All right. Well, that's good. Because everyone's busy. (laughs) The holidays aren't always easy on romantic relationships, but if you and your significant other make it to Christmas Day, you can probably take the day off from worrying that you're going to break up. I don't know. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) If you're having problems, like, worry. A 2010 study conducted by Facebook. All right. That already. (laughs) A 2010 study conducted by Facebook found that December 25th had the fewest number of breakups. The weeks leading up to Christmas, on the other hand, yikes. Interesting. Hmm. Are we saying December has the most then? I guess so. I'm interested to see (laughs) leading up to Valentine's Day, too, though. Yeah. Because I know that's a big thing, like, because you don't want to buy a gift, especially if you're not exclusive, when mm-hmm. you're just dating, you don't want to misinterpret the map. There's a lot. Yeah. We could go on and on and on. <laughs> I'd like to see how Facebook got these numbers. Well, that's what I was wondering is, are they basing it off of people's <laughs> People relationship status? Because <laughs> if that's me, I'm like, well, I'm spending this day with my family. I'll change the status later. Right. I'm not concerned about that on Christmas Day. There is a link, but we're not going to click it. So anyway, and it's the most popular time of year to propose. That I believe. According to the Washington Post, wedding experts and social media data indicate that Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are the two most popular days of the year to propose. In addition, the wedding app Bridebook also estimated that around 100,000 proposals were likely to take place during the Christmas season in 2018, as Harper's Bazaar reported. That I totally believe. Yeah, same. There's, um, without fail, I think every year my Facebook feed, I could count oh, how yeah. many. It's insane. It's a lot. I get it, though. It's an easy way to do it. It's a nice way to make it special and mm-hmm. remember it. Um, oh, <laughs> A record number of babies are conceived around Christmas. That one's a little surprising to me. Um, well, studies have shown that September is the most popular time for babies to be born in the U.S. Check the calendar, and that means those little ones were conceived around the holiday season where, when couples are feeling rather er, cozy. It actually mm-hmm. wrote er. Um, this might not be Christmas. This could sync up to New Year's Eve as well. That's what I was thinking more in line with. There's those, I would say there's a three-week period where I could totally get it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, first it's cold outside. Right. So, naturally. But then, lots of Christmas parties, lots of booze going Mm -hmm. around. You're getting gifts. You're giving gifts. People who want to say, thank you. (laughs) Lots of time off work, maybe. Yeah. Looking to kill some time. When you really start to dig into it and think about it it actually makes a lot of sense yeah but i would say it's not just christmas day right it's it's probably a three-week period from the week before christmas the week of christmas that week between actually mm-hmm. so maybe a month if you were to go collectively at yeah. the all but that's because i'm counting like christmas parties and stuff too right yeah um the largest gingerbread house ever made was as big as a real house what wow 
If you think that putting together a regular-sized gingerbread house is tricky, try making one that's big enough to walk into. In November 2013, a group from Traditions Club in Bryan, Texas, constructed a gingerbread house that was 160 feet long, 42 feet wide, and 10.1 feet tall. Made with a wood base, it reportedly took 1,800 pounds of butter, wow, 7,200 eggs, 3,000 pounds of sugar, 7,200 pounds of flour, and over 22,000 pieces of candy to cover the record-breaking structure. Holy crap. Okay. This one I got so, to I've got to see this thing. I mean, that's cool, but it just seems wasteful. <laughs> we don't. Maybe they ate it. Maybe. There is no, it didn't say how much frosting. So that right there makes me feel like it was. But is it truly a gingerbread house if you're not using frosting and if you're using glue? Mm. Oh, okay. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I found the picture. Um, I'm trying to see if it tells us. I mean, well, they probably made the frosting with. Oh, that's true. That's true. The sugar and whatever else goes in frosting. I don't know. It doesn't say. um, But I think it's just frosting and water. I mean, sugar and water. I'm sure there's something else. I don't really know. But um, no, this is really interesting just because I'm kind of curious what we're defining a gingerbread house as now. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it was truly edible, like if they had to mix like some sort of adhesive or something into right that's frosting. right exactly that's exactly where i'm like doesn't so we used to at our office do gingerbread um house contests and people would get really creative and really into it but i remember a big part of it was everything had to be edible right to the point where if someone used things that weren't edible i don't think they got disqualified but you definitely got marked down for Mm -hmm. it um that's how i define a gingerbread house a gingerbread house to me is something that's completely edible Mm -hmm. the wood base i get just so it's sturdy right yeah the rest of of it needs to be edible but when we're saying wood base I think we're picturing base as just the bottom. Well, I would think it would need to be at least part of the structure. Well, that's right. And that right there, I think, makes it non-edible. I know. As soon as we are saying base, I'm picturing just the bottom. And the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, no, probably wood walls. They play frosting on. Yeah. I don't know. Um, It says it's 35,823,400 calories. Jesus. Okay. Things I didn't need to know. (laughs) The largest Uh snowflake ornament ever was over 10 feet tall. I'm sorry. Is a snowflake ornament a common thing? All right. I guess. According to the Guinness World Records, the largest Christmas snowflake ornament ever was created by Universal Studios Japan. They always had the coolest stuff at that one. They really do. In October 2019. It stood an incredible 10 feet and 5 inches tall. Truly a tree top. Topper to top all tree toppers. Okay. Come on now. <laughs> it's the Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> the tree it was placed upon also earned a Guinness title for the most lights on an artificial tr- Christmas tree. A whopping 591,840. Jeez. That's now, a lot. <laughs> I kind of say... 10 feet, 5 inches tall. That's not 
the biggest, like, that's not crazy big. I mean, it is. It is. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that could easily be beat out. Right. I think the fact that it's 2019 and this was written in 2020 is the only reason it hasn't been. I'd say be on the lookout for that one. Uh, Universal Studios Japan, somebody might be coming for you. Mm, Watch out. It's Universal. The lights, though, that's crazy. Because what did they say? The Rockefeller tree has over 25,000 lights? Yeah, we were blown away by that. But you know what? This is on an artificial Christmas tree. Oh. I just realized that. All right. Well, we have one more fact that Dana's going to teach us, and then we're going to do our ranking. Yes. I'm still flipping the seltzer knock, by the way. (laughs) I can't stop. Americans spend nearly $2 billion on holiday treats every year. It used to be just candy canes and gingerbread, but these days the Christmas sweets industry is booming. It's candy cane ice cream, candy cane lattes, candy cane marshmallows. Christine Covier, president of the food development firm Culinary Concierge, explained to USA Today in 2017. And boy, do we buy into it. Americans spend an estimated... $1.93 $1.93 billion on oh, holiday treats, fuck. according to the National Confectioners Association. Damn. I, I have to assume that's more than... Hol- oh, now I gotta look. Look, that's gonna include the sugar plum Danish we're about to buy. So much money is spent on Halloween each year. $10.14 billion. All right, so wow. Halloween still well beats it out. Yeah. Wow. Um, let's back up though. Candy cane ice cream, candy cane lattes, candy cane marshmallows. Candy canes suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Nobody's out, out of every treat you could have named, you focused way too hard on candy cane. Right. I feel like that's it's just peppermint at that point. Like yeah, peppermint latte. Peppermint. <laughs> like, why'd you call it candy cane? <laughs> That's my peppermint ice cream. It's so true. I've never seen someone call it candy cane ice cream. And maybe I'm sure certain brands do. But you know what's funny? We have a topic we're trying to figure out how to do. And I just had a realization that uh, just to reveal it now, because I don't know that we'll ever be able to do it in a full episode. But we were talking about things that are reflective referred to as an entire like Kleenex instead of tissue. Right. Is candy cane a brand? Maybe. All right, hold on. <laughs> candy cane. Wait. <laughs> I I really can't tell. Mention stick candy. I don't think it is. I think it's just a generalized peppermint candy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so no, I don't. But I just, yeah, I had a moment there where I was like, oh, is this a brand? Yeah. That people just use like jacuzzi instead of hot tub or right. Kleenex. Yeah. Those are the two most popular ones. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Or Ziploc bags. That's yeah. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. God, I, I, that's so funny because when you start to think about some of them, it's like, oh my God, you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. This is why we think that we're going to, we're working on this one. You're going to get a sneak peek. <laughs> we just don't know how we're going to stretch it into an hour, but right. maybe it'll be a episode. I have to be, a, <laughs> or a multi part something. I don't we'll know. figure it out. 
Either way, this has been really interesting. I mean, you can see why we still wanted to read off at least this first half for you this week. Um, it's different for us. I I think we were not expecting it to have such discussions on some. Yeah. This has been a fun one. Right, because I didn't even really look at the list before. No, I think I glanced at the first few. We talked about choosing, like, our favorites. But the thing is, it's such an interesting list. Yeah, to hear all of them. Right, and we're not going to tell you the Christmas story because we're not going to. So yeah. this is our way of doing that instead. Yep. All right. Let's do some maths. All right, you ready? I'm ready. I think we have the same number four. Sugar Plum. Yeah. Um. I still gave it higher than I've given others in the past with a 2.5, but oh no. It just, I, I'm sorry. Maybe it's for, if you have a really, really big sweet tooth, mm-hmm. I thought mine was big. Apparently not. Yeah, I gave it a 2.1, which is honestly kind of low. I, it's very low for you. I rated the taste a 1.5. Like, it Ooh. was just... It wasn't the worst thing I've ever had, but it was not great. You know what? I can never give it that low because the holiday punch from last week was so bad. Mm-hmm. That I think that I, yeah, I was being a little bit nicer last week. And now looking back, I probably should have rated it a little more harshly. But <laughs> the holiday punch was terrible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> kindness is my weakness. Um, Three. Cranberry. Yeah, which is surprising because... Cranberry for you on the White Claw was easily number one, Mm -hmm. like a five out of five. Yeah, it was pretty close to my number two as far as uh, ranking. I gave it a 2.9. Oh. But, um, yeah, I just had that strong taste. Maybe I'm being too nice now. I gave it a (laughs) 3.1. Well, you have that alcohol taste to it that I really did not have. Like, it was there, Mm -hmm. but I don't think to the extent it was for you. But if I was comparing this to the White Claw... It's it's the white claws far superior for the cranberry. Yeah, agreed. Um, two seltzer nog. I'm sorry to say that was my number two too. I really thought it was going to be my number one to the point where I went back and almost re- I redid all of that because mm-hmm. I was drinking it the entire time. I couldn't stop. It didn't matter. It's still just yeah slightly pulled under. What did you rate it? Uh, three point six. I gave it a 3.1. I think it was the smell that pulled it down yes, for me. That's exactly what I was about to say. The smell really pulled it down. Which I, but I started enjoying, like, I've redone this smell three times. Mm-hmm. The first sniff is rough. The second, when you pointed out the cinnamon, I started enjoying it more. And then once I tasted it, I really, the sm- smell was fine. Yeah. But because it had that rough start, I couldn't give it full mark. Right. Yeah. And then accuracy. It doesn't taste like eggnog. I think it tastes better than eggnog. Yeah. I mean, it had its own distinct taste. It was hard to really compare it. But taste itself got a really high mark. So it was by far my highest. Um, And day drinkability, I had actually really low. But the fact that I was continuing to sip it, I had to remark that. Mm -hmm. So... My taste ranking was actually tied with my number one, but I rated the day drinkability for this one higher. Obviously, you can tell yeah. what the one is now, but just because the other one is chocolate. Right, and I had the same day. thing. My day drinkability for cherry cordial is way lower than mm-hmm. Seltzernog. 
Um, all right. I apologize, Bud Light. Now that I've had it and I love it, you can keep the name. <laughs> but um, I think my accuracy of taste well outweighed the seltzer nog one. Yeah. And actually, taste for seltzer nog came out higher. But the smell for cherry cordial pushed it over. I gave it a five for the smell. I gave it a 4.4. Um, which actually was my highest score out of anything today. So cherry cordial's really good. I mean, I this was a 3.9 overall. Cherry cordial. I'm sorry. Oh, you gave cherry cordial a four? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. I was like, we're on the same page. Um, cherry cordial. Um, I'm sorry, I was gonna say this pack versus last year's ugly sweater. I know you did not have it. Mm-hmm. This kicked its ass. Good. Take sugar plum out, replace it with apple crisp. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you have a winning pack. Yeah, I mean, it was really good overall. I I honestly do not know how they got that cherry cordial flavor right, but they really did. I'm actually really upset that cherry cordial and seltzer nog are seasonal. Yeah. Because <laughs> I guarantee I'm going to want seltzer nog again. Yes. So, like, I'm so surprised. You're going to have to, like, I was it to be terrible. Right? Same. Yeah, I'm going to have to buy another one of these. Um, okay. Overall pack was 3.3. Sugar Plum really pulled it down. Yeah, it was a three overall for me. I think if you took Sugar Plum out of the mix, it probably would have been way higher. Yeah, and, you know, we say this every time. There is someone out there that's going to love Sugar Plum. It's just not us. Yeah. And you know what? There's going to be people that hate salt. Oh, my God. You know there's people out there hating salts or not. Oh, yeah. Um, You're wrong. <laughs> well, kind of like you said, like, now I don't hate the name because it's not eggnog. It is seltzer nog, so it needed its own name. So, I just, we oh apologize. God, it's so good. I'm so shocked. In all honesty, I had heard somewhat, not bad reviews, but kind of like, I think people were weirded out by it. Mm-hmm. No, but like, I don't know what the hell you did, but you did it. You killed it. Yeah, I'd clap for you right now, but I'm holding a cup of seltzer dog. <laughs> Anyways, if you really enjoyed this pack, please let us know because I'm very curious what other people thought. Um, yeah. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Tipsy Trials. And if you have thoughts, suggestions, feedback, um, or like Lindsay said, if you tried this pack and want to share your thoughts with us, if you loved it, let us know. If you hated it, let us know. Send us an email at tipsytrials at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And I did not say this because I forget all the time. Please make sure you're following us on <laughs> Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening to this. If you're on Apple, please leave us a review. Make it your Christmas gift to us. Uh, we really would love your feedback and just hear what you think and know, you know, what we can improve upon that is also going to gain some more listeners. Yes. We told you last or two weeks ago, make your gift to us. Tell at least one friend. This is your other gift. Everyone gets two gifts for Christmas. Right. Make that one's your Hanukkah <laughs> gift. One's your Christmas gift. And both will cost you nothing. Zero dollars. You can't beat that. Right. We're not asking for (laughs) $1,500. We're only asking for $800. And you have to round up. No. But rating us on Apple Podcasts will help us get our name out there, Mm -hmm. um, bring more awareness to our podcast. So please rate if you can. Share with friends and family. um, Because we're hilarious and people need to know. (laughs) 
the more people that listen, the better we can make the content. So we really want to do this for you all. And hopefully, you know, we can start the new year. Um, I know we make it sound like this is the last, this is not the last episode of the year. <laughs> like, we, let's just close out. All right. With that, court is officially adjourned. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.